Praise time at this moment here before we uh, sing one more song and get into the preaching. Um, we had 81 this morning, amen, very good. Praise the Lord for a nice attendance. And uh, I trust the Lord blessed the services here. The Lord blessed the services in the children's church. And it was, uh, I only saw the title of the message on the uh, bulletin. It said choices. And uh, pastor made a comment about Sharon's uh, special song she sang this morning, so I'm going to have to listen to that tape because it sounds like it was uh, a very fitting song for her to sing. Uh, a big conclave from the church went to Syracuse, and uh, we had the, uh, the Montoros and uh, a few other uh, men head up to uh, Syracuse for some meetings up there, and uh, they were blessed. They had safe travels to and from. And uh, yesterday... Pastor and Brother Lucas, Pastor Lucas of the Russian Language Church, were finishing, or I guess refinishing the floors in his new space that he uh, acquired in Brooklyn. And uh, so the, the floors are finished. Brother Lucas can now move into that space and start, uh, by God's grace, a Russian-speaking work in a very uh, heavily populated area. Bright, I think it's Brighton Beach, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. But it's it's down uh, in, in Brooklyn, and it's a heavy, heavily Russian-speaking uh, community there. So they have a nice place to meet in. Uh, we praise the Lord for that, giving the men strength and the, uh, the wisdom and ability. If you mess up a floor, it's, uh, you know, you, you have to start all over again. So it was, I'm sure, a blessing for them to be able to just do it once and not have to worry about it. Uh, so any other praises that we want to add? Anything the Lord's blessed you with this week? something in your life or someone uh, maybe even around you that you can uh, pass a blessing on. Uh, Miss Rita? Yeah, 
Amen. Okay, Anne Marie, healing. All right, praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Opportunities to witness and share the gospel and someone that wanted to listen. Amen. what you were chatting about. See, I thought you were just gabbing at the end. <laughs> That's a blessing. That's very good. Excellent. Yeah, we had a, a special children's service yesterday, and I'll, I'll praise the Lord for that. And uh, The Portuguese language church sort of headed it up, uh, and uh, Brother and Mrs. Shaw, but we had folks from the, the uh, Spanish language church and also our church here that helped out, and we had a, a really good group of kids, um, and we had some fun. We had some Bible lessons, and uh, we, we each got to do a little bit. Sharon and I did some puppets, and Brother Franz did a Bible story, and so it was a real blessing, and um, we're looking forward. I think that they want to do it again maybe in a couple of months, so we look forward to doing that. So that was a blessing. And, uh, any other praises? The Lord's blessed this week. Yes, Franz? Plowing and planting out in the field. Amen. Uh, let's see. What else? Anybody else have a praise they want to add? I'm sure we, uh, the, breath we, the breath that we take in, our heartbeat, our health, all those little things we take for granted. We can praise the Lord for those things even. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord for things at work starting to stabilize. Thank God uh, moving out of a very difficult almost year now where we hadn't had uh, health insurance and they're looking next month to start that. And uh, working for a brand new company, even though I, I sort of work still for the same bosses, I just different. They have different titles now, and a very interesting set of circumstances that the Lord took me through. And um, <clears throat> I thank Him for the peace He gave me through the whole time. And He showed me things here, and I'm starting to learn some stuff. And there's some opportunities there, uh, just to be able to provide for the family and uh, be able to maybe even, Lord willing, this year give a little more to missions. And I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I uh, just praise the Lord for his faithfulness to me. Um, Any, uh, I give you a last chance now. Oh, yes.
You need a Spanish language Bible? Pastor Saravia might be able to g just give you one, you know. Excellent. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Opportunities to witness and, and, and having that God using us in that way. It's incredible. Excellent. Praise the Lord. All right. Any other praises? Oh, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Any other praises? Going once, going twice, sold. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all your faithfulness to us this past week, uh, opportunities to witness to folks. We thank you for the traveling mercies for those that went to Syracuse and, Lord, for your blessing on the fellowship up there and the preaching. Uh, Lord, we thank you for just using us uh, as uh, your instruments, Lord, to reach souls. And, Father, that uh, you've chosen such a simple way of the gospel to do that. And we thank you, Father, for health and strength and for providing for our needs. And, uh, Lord, we just uh, thank you for the one that was uh, healed there uh, successfully in surgery. We just pray for continued healing. And, uh, Father, we uh, just ask now that you bless the preaching. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's do one more song before we get into the message. 592, speaking of, 592, speaking of witnessing to folks, I love to tell the story. Amen. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory. Of Jesus and his love I love to tell the story Because I know tis true It satisfies my longings As nothing else can do I love to tell the story Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. On the second, I love to tell the story, more wonderful it seems than all the golden fancies of all our golden dreams. I love to tell the story it did so much for me and that is just the reason i tell it now to thee i love to tell the story twill be my theme in glory to tell the old old story of jesus and his love on the third I love to tell the story, tis pleasant to repeat. What seems each time I tell it, more wonderfully sweet, amen. I love to tell the story, for some have never heard. 
the message of salvation from God's own holy word. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Now on that last, what wonderful words. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. Seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when in scenes of glory I sing the new, new song, twill be the old, old story that I have loved so long. I love to tell the story, twill be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Amen. And you may be seated and uh, grab your Bibles if you would, and open up to the book of Jude. It's the second to the last book in the Bible. It's one chapter. If you're in Revelation, you went too far. If you're in 3 John, you, went, you, went, you didn't go far enough. Jude, the vestibule of the book of Revelation, giving some warning to the church, and I uh, preached, I had a three-lesson homework assignment, well, it turned into three lessons, but a homework assignment, as you know, to uh, work out ex uh, expositorily the book of Jude, expositorily, is that the word? Okay, <laughs> is that the, <laughs> I had to make sure I'm uh, pronouncing things correctly up at the pulpit, Amen. And uh, the first two lessons that I covered were discussing in the framework of a fight. And in one corner, in the first uh, part of, of, of the series was the introduction of the saints and how God looks at the saints. The second one discussed uh, the sinner and how God looks at the sinner. We have our two sides here that Jude is discussing. And now uh, the third and the last segment I'm going to preach about in this fighting the enemy within, <clears throat> keeping the church clean, uh, how to win the fight. Uh, we have the Lord in our corner giving us, through his word, the way that which we can keep ourselves uh, as each individual member of the church ready and able and prepared to see error uh, and protect the church from error creeping into it and destroying it at its roots. And so tonight we're going to talk about the ways in which to keep the church clean. So we're going to start in uh, verse 17, book of Jude. It says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ on the eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a victim, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the cross. And I'm going to read the back part. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you spotless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever, Amen. Amen. So we have the Christ Magazine.
uh, and Jude gives the same back then that he wrote this general epistle to and doing now in this day he encourages us to stay in prayer to uh, build up the once delivered faith that he discusses in the first part of, of his book here uh, and we have as stage folks this ability I think of uh, for this um, this idea of prayer. I think of folks who have a dynamic Christian life that, that are out like winning souls and, and doing these incredible things. And a common denominator in all of them is this prayer life. They make time. They have a devotional, uh, they have this devotion to prayer that I wish I had and, and, I, and I pray that God would give to me. Frankly, I don't, I don't pray as much as I should. I, I know I don't. I know that my life is not as dynamic as it could be as a Christian. I know I'm not bringing more property to God uh, through the, the, the witness, uh, through telling people about Jesus, the boldness that I ought to have. I, uh, I, I find myself getting intimidated by men, uh, where I've already won a victory that, that men can't take away. Yet, this dynamic prayer life and this devoted prayer life is something that I've seen time and time again if, if, if you see somebody out there that has got a sweet uh, disposition and a very Christ-like life, it, it, it's just guaranteed that their prayer life is solid. And, and they are busy about praying. And they do different things. They pray different ways. They have, you know, we have our prayer list that we ought to take home and pray over. We've got folks on it. We have different things. Uh, on our refrigerator at home, we try. You know, we have the different little cards from the, the missionary. So when we go in to, to, to get something to drink or something to eat, maybe you can think of that person, even in that instant, to pray for them and say, you know, Lord, bless these folks. But we, we can build different ways in our lives to allow for that also. It doesn't necessarily just have to be one single means of prayer at the prayer closet. We have to have one designated space in the house where we have to do it and then that's it. And then we go out and do other things. But rather that our whole life should be consumed with prayer. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, that's the secret, you know. Sometimes our prayers uh, don't get any further than the ceiling because we're not praying in the Holy Ghost. We're, we're not uh, something keeping us. If we're, if we're at odds with God, if there's sin in our lives, for example, if there's something that's crept in, we need to acknowledge that with God. Uh, and, and so through this process, and, and you'll find the more you pray, I find at least in my life, the more I pray, the more convicted I get about things, and the more right I am with God on, on a lot of things. And it, it builds on itself, and it develops you. But prayer is very, very, very important. And Jude is giving us and telling us we have access to God. Uh, we can build ourselves up in our faith, in our most holy faith, by praying to God in the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on to say, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, he's not saying keep yourselves in the love of God on your own. Uh, we're kept by God himself. Our salvation is secured in, in God because of 
righteousness, just as he gave us that salvation, he maintains that salvation. And so it follows this idea of praying in the Holy Ghost and keeping ourselves in the love of God. This is what keeps us in the love of God. This is this connection to God that we have through Christ, through prayer. He gives it to us, and it keeps us in the love of God. And looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. There are so many distractions, especially in New York City. This is the most distracting place on the planet. I don't believe I don't believe Las Vegas happens. I think New York City is the most distracting. I think there's more New York City. We're not in the middle of a desert either, and we're far more accessible. And I think there's far more going on. I think we're in the most distracting place in the world. Now, he's given us the remedy, praying. He's given us one one big way. He's also said about our Bible that we ought to be in it. Would I get distracted? And I find that I need to just set time. I need to set boundaries. I need to say what's more important because everything seems so immediate. Everything seems to be, oh, it's got to happen. It's got to be now. we got to get it yesterday. It's got to be taken care of. And we get distracted. We get caught up in life. We get caught up in, in our daily tasks that we do. And we put aside, we put aside praying, uh, building up ourselves in our, our most holy faith. We, we put aside studying God's Word. And if you look back at it and say, well, this stuff that seems so life and death, because life is just so hectic. Can we analyze these things? Can we can we look at them and say, are they really life and death? And nine times out of ten, they're not. Uh, probably nine point nine times out of ten, they're not. And yet, we they're they're more of a wedge that puts us between God and puts us between keeping ourselves in the love of God. These distractions, and so we have the reading of our Bible. We have prayer, and the third thing, as we build on one another, we have witnessing and edifying. In verse twenty-two, it says, "And of some have compassion, making a difference." And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. These are very strong words that he gives. So as we are able to build ourselves up, as we're able to get in God's word and apply it to ourselves, as we're able to pray to God and keep ourselves in God's love, we're able to also move on in the faith and not just be sort of as we're covering the Hebrews, you know, this idea of just holding on to the milk and the basic the, the, the uh, basic building blocks of a Christian life, but moving forward to advancement, life, telling other people about the Savior, knowing the Bible enough to be able to answer questions that people may have, uh, being able to, you know, help somebody that might be in need. Having uh, compassion, making a difference. Uh, there are folks out there that you can you can see that need help. You can be sensitive to folks 
people are going through a hard time. You know, uh, I have folks at, at, at work that went through the same problem I did and saw this company just totally tanking and trying to figure out what, what do we do. <coughs> God uh, kept me calm and uh, people did pick up on that and uh, it gave me the opportunity to, to witness to folks and to let them know, well, uh, I wouldn't be this way if I wasn't Thank you, John L. Wright. Um, and uh, I have some timers, I guess, is what it is. Sometimes I remember, sometimes I don't. John L. Wright, uh, he, um, you know, he had this knack. He just loved telling people about the Lord, but he also understood the immediacy of it. And in verse 23, it, it sort of implies, and it's discussed here, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. He understood that concept, you know, we're saved, you know, we have protection, uh, and we have more than just protection, we have a relationship with God and an obligation, and the Holy Spirit can train us to, to serve God, to be right, and, you know, is it, well, I saved myself, 
Can you have the mentality of the world? Well, I got mine. I don't know about the rest of these folks. Oh, you know, let them take care of themselves. Let them find out for themselves. Of course not. That's not that's not God's plan. That's not how God gets it done. We have an obligation. We have an immediacy. You know, the Bible says, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. It, it, it's going to be horrible. And when you think about the folks that you, you know, I mean, especially people you know and you love and family and friends, how hard it is to think about such a terrible day that's going to happen. The Bible lists it out. Uh, how, how terrifying. Folks that you, you might know just in, in uh, common day-to-day, see, see, people you see maybe you know, at the laundry line, see at the park, or you know, these folks in the neighborhood that you see, they're perfect strangers. You know, you see all the time. you, you got to try to break break that uh, uh, indoctrination that you've been to if you're in the city. Break through that and try to, and try to reach out to folks. Uh, we're, we're, we're definitely in an emergency situation definitely in a place where people are, are going headlong into hell. And, and uh, you know, I got neighbors, I make, I make it, I try uh, to break that and look at them and say hi and wave to them. At least that. And by God's grace, introduce myself to them. They see our family. See, folks pay attention to stuff. They, they, you know, they notice people. They, they, they observe. We observe each other. And they see my family coming and going. They see my family coming and going to church. They know we're doing it. I, they, they must know we're going to church because I usually have a Bible and, and a suit on when I'm going to church. And they must see that. They must try to figure out. And the wheels turn. What are these guys? What are they doing? I'm sure the ladies on the block probably look at them and say, what's their deal? What, is their, what are they believing? I mean, they, they obviously, I've never seen a woman wear pants, so I don't know what, what is that. What does that mean? There's, there are things people pick up on. Man, we, we need to have more compassion, and we need to uh, make a difference, and we need to be trying to pull people out. Um, this first part's talking about, you know, having compassion, uh, speaking truth and love, trying to get people uh, and persuade folks in a soft way, uh, people that seem open to the gospel, working with them. These others save with fear. There are other folks that need to be rebuked. There are other folks that we ought to, we ought to be um, railing. And we can do that many different ways. You don't necessarily need to walk up and just club them over the head of the Bible, but there are others that have a, a fellow at work. And um, the, um, the doctrine of, of uh, the theological doctrine of God's judgment um, also uh, talking about judgment of the unsaved being thrown into the lake of fire uh, with uh, the sin and damnation. And this fellow sort of just rips these words out like he uses it in a, in a rude fashion fashion. And he'll say, I'll be, you know. And I say, well, you do, yes, that's true, but you can get it fixed. You don't have to be. Amen. Uh, you know, you, you gotta, you got to let folks know. And, and and I thank God for having a little more liberty in the office and being able to be a little more forthright with things like that. And, and these people, they, you know, he, he, he knows where I stand on things. And I thank God for, for the boldness to, to, to say something. He 
knows where I stand on this. He'll correct himself if he, if he uses a curse word on me. And, uh, you know, he still uses a curse word. I wish he just, you know, but he's not saved. But God gives you these, these things, you know, and you can resist people. I bumped into, uh, we had Jehovah's Witness at our, at our apartment. Now, I think our car could have been a little softer, and maybe I could have approached it a little differently. But after a certain point, there's just, there's no way, there's nothing you can break through. You just, there's no way to break through it. And there's a standoff. I told them they were false prophets, and I said it loud, and I said it repeatedly. They kept walking down the street. They said they were shaking the dust off the street. I said, be a Choctaw while you're at it. You're, you're, you're still a false prophet. And, and uh, I did. I'm not, I'm not making that up. I actually did that. And I think the neighbors saw that, and they were trying to figure out what was going on here. But the idea is, of all these other folks who are on their way to destruction, the group says, do what you, in an emergency situation, you do whatever you can. There's, you know, when you're pulling someone out of the water, they fight. Our natural reaction is to fight. And, and so sometimes you, you've got to subdue people. You've got to be tough about it. You've got to be, uh, you've got to have a fighting spirit about it. Because we're dealing with eternal damnation. We're dealing with this terrifying, horrible thing that should compel us. That was the thing about John L. Wright. It, it, it was so compelling to him. And, and he was, in his life, and he, he, he saw a lot of fruit from this man where that propelled him. And it ought to propel us. It ought to not just be we talk about John L. Wright so far. We should be talking about ourselves so far. You know, the more I think about these things and the terrible things that, that are going to befall people, the more I ought to put aside the distractions of this world and get to get to getting at the gospel. Uh, and it has to do with overcoming the obstacles of being wrecked and the distractions of this life. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We have the power and the ability to overcome these things. Common folk who aren't saved, the normal folk, they're always going to be trapped by we don't have to be trapped by it. We can be outgoing people. We can we can find a way. God will give you a way if you want to reach somebody. It doesn't matter who they are. God will give you a way if you ask Him to give you one person a day. God God give it to you if you're if you're looking. If you're open to it, God will give you someone. When you're walking down the street, you buy a you, you go to a, you know whatever a coffee shop and you get a coffee. You, you, you go to the, the uh, deli cart guys that have their carts out on the street with bagels and stuff every day. In general concourse, you know, hand out a truck to somebody. Make, make connections instead of just putting the blinders on. And believe me, I'm preaching to myself. I need to do that. I, I, get, I get caught up in it, the day-to-day -day stuff. It's ridiculous. The day-to-day -day stuff doesn't mean a lick. It doesn't mean anything. It's going to go away one day, and it's going to be over with. There's going to be no more time to work. There's going to be no more time for it. We ought to be compelled by these things. So we, we, we see the, the remedies that Jude gives to us today for keeping the church clean. It turns out 
it works for us. It works for each individual saved person. And as we're built together, compacted together as the body, it keeps the whole body clean and disease-free. It keeps each and every one of us uh, in God's will. It keeps us moving forward for God. Uh, very, very simply, believing and, and, and remembering the word of the apostles. Well, it extends beyond that. Not just the apostles, but this whole Bible. Giving us how to see through corruption, how to see through false doctrine, how to apply these things to our lives also in holding on to one. You know, you can by, by point of contrast, you see the false doctrine, it's only going to illuminate the, the correct doctrine. And once you, once you get into this correct doctrine, start applying it to your life. We have prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what keeps us in the love of God. That's what keeps us in God's will. Putting the time aside to do these things is our challenge. Um, and you can think of folks that, you know, who didn't have as many distractions as we did hundreds of you know, hundred years ago. Who would do incredible, write books and, and do incredible things that you, you know, how did they, how did they do that? How did they have the time? They made the time. I, I don't think our, our distractions are different than those, but I believe that you can make distractions if you will. But we need to put aside these times in our lives because as Christians, we're just going to dry up. And we're going to be about as useless uh, as useless can be. And we have, after prayer, this ability, this power, um, this being in God's will, this thing to witness to edify, having compassion on folks, but also others, saving the few, and being compelled by that, that notion of hellfire, being compelled by it, and letting God melt our hearts to the point of just seeking Him and asking Him to help us win souls. And it's under Him who keeps us from falling. I, I, I uh, it's a little bit outside of the scope of this message, but I really love verse 24. It says, And present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. You know, we're, as, as, as individuals, we're still uh, uh, dealing with our old man, dealing with our corrupted flesh. We, uh, we seem to be a lot of um, uh, uh, ragtag bad
doesn't change. The message tonight is not, it's not a new doctrine. But we have to overcome ourselves. We have to overcome our flesh. We have to overcome our And by God's grace, we will. Let's go. Bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you that you do love us and died for us. We thank you, Lord, that again and again, Lord, you've been a father with a shooting zero. We uh, pray, God, that you'd help us. Savior and my time in prayer shall be for the 